Hello. Hello and welcome to another episode of Where's My Freaking Dressing Room, a podcast where we discuss the world of classical music and what things are really like backstage. My name is Helen. And I'm Alex. And today we have a new, very special guest with us. Um, we're so delighted to be joined by a really good friend and colleague of ours called Sam Cobb. Sam is a soprano. She has sung with a many an acclaimed uh, ensemble, including the likes of the Monteverdi Choir and other such fantastic groups. She's also co-artistic director of Echo Vocal Ensemble, a fantastic up-and-coming group on the classical music scene. And today we're really excited to be bringing you an episode um, as it's coming towards that crazy period of Christmas. Um, we are bringing you an episode about how to handle that crazy Christmas diary. Um, it's not an easy one. That's something that we all know. And I think, you know, the three of us could say that we've all arrived at some Christmas gigs uh, completely spent, completely confused, baffled, not sure what day of the week it is. And so we're here today to try and offer you some tips, tricks and some thoughts as to how you might be able to manage the madness of that Christmas diary. And perhaps in thinking about some of these things, maybe these are some tips and tricks that could help you manage your diary in, in future weeks, months and years. So we're going to chat through a few topics. Um, we're going to start off with preparation. How do you prepare the madness of a Christmas diary? How do you accept work? How do you not? Do you take off days? Do you know your limits? How do you manage your portfolio career in this crazy, hectic time? We're then going to move on to the question of stamina, because at the end of the day, it's a marathon, not a sprint. How do you deal with working in this kind of way? Are you the kind of person that socializes after every gig? How do you keep your voice well? How do you now avoid coronavirus? After that, we'll have a chat about peaks and troughs. Christmas for so many people is an incredibly joyous time and it's a joyous time for us as musicians too, but it can be tough. How do you handle those big highs and those big lows and how do you feel about the impending January lack of work? And then finally, we'll each round up with our own single best top tip as to how to deal with the diary madness. So let's jump right in and get started. Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen, where the snow came round about, deep and crisp and even. So, uh, firstly, shall we give a little background on how we know Sam, maybe? I don't oh, know. yeah. Uh, oh, yes. So, we met about, what, five years ago? Four or five years ago, I think. Yeah, um, I think it was, We were yeah. doing a particularly bizarre and weird project, which has really stuck with me, actually. I loved it. Uh, it's still one of my, the favourite things that I've done. Um, we we had to sing in corners of a room. So uh, And yeah, really selling <laughs> it here. We had to find the resonant frequency of that corner. So say there were four singers because there were four corners in the room. And the room was like uh, very high ceilinged or marble. So very, very resonant. And the fun thing was that there were a couple of resonant frequencies in each corner and sometimes they might be a semitone apart with other corners so it would really clash and you could hear the throbbing uh sometimes it might be a pure fifth which was really nice mm. anyway it was this sort of soundscape thing um, yeah that was brilliant it was fun and there was a team of like 20 of us or something i can't remember because it was over the course of a month or two but uh sam and i were 
the top team, of course. And we of did course. the premiere and the press night. So that's why I became friends with Sam. Because <laughs> yeah. she's good. <laughs> oh. And I think, Guys. Sam, I met you like way before that. So yeah. yeah we, I remember we shared a room, girl. Yeah. We met on an eating choral course, the classic, literally. What, what a time to be alive. Um, we'd have been like 16. Is that... Probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the first time I went, I was 16, so that's probably about right. Yeah, so just as a reference point, uh, Eaton Choral Courses, um, I don't know about you guys, but certainly, like, at my school, it was considered, like, the gateway to, like, how to get into a particular, like, world of choral singing because, like, it was dominated by quite a specific group of people and, like, I think from where we, our backgrounds and where we came from, like, choral singing wasn't a massive thing, Um uh, in my like city and where I lived and like my singing teacher was like you really need to go on this course like you will meet people there that will come up again and again in your future blah 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 blah. and um yeah here we are yeah and and look at us now and yeah it was like a week of like ensemble singing and like giving a concert and singing an even song and blah 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 um but yeah I remember you I remember you really strongly from then and um yeah like always nice to see you like here yeah, there and everywhere of course. on the scene yeah we had a great time yeah a great time and, I don't uh, need to lie it's fine <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah I, I remember having a very deep chat with you Helen in our dorm about something I just remember being like oh god yeah this girl knows how to have deep chats I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate that and then another central memory of you, Alex, is when we went for an incredibly expensive dinner in Notting Hill, and we had no idea how we racked up that bill, but we had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, "Holy shit!" And then you we went to Polpo, I think, didn't we? Yeah, it was. Oh nice. god, it was so great. We had such a lovely time. Well, the first thing that we that we need to talk about, I suppose, in this run up to Christmas period, is how do you prepare? How do you prepare your diary? How do you prepare your schedule and make sure that? You know, you've got a proper balance of lots of work, obviously, but also some time off, <laughs> uh, just some downtime. And how do you, you know, how do you prepare for that in the sense that, OK, I know that from the middle of November until, let's say, the 25th of December, I'm just going to be pretty much going nonstop. How, you know, how do you mentally prepare for that? How, how do you get your body ready? Um, and and what you do? I mean, it's very it's very tough. It's not just a kind of crescendo of work. Oh, nice, uh, but it's also it's also just socially a super busy time. It's when everyone comes together. Mm. Maybe maybe it's the winter effect of us all just being indoors more. But um, yeah, we all just want to get together and have a good time. And trying to, as you say, strike a balance is really really tough. I think you know all of us are still only about. I for me anyway four or five years into the profession as a freelancer so I've got a bit of a rhythm going now but it's still pretty new we're all still at the start so I think I've learned some lessons specifically saying no is the toughest one and the one that you have to just keep managing there's always going to be clashes you'll never I mean there probably is an exception to the rule where some person somewhere out there in the universe has never ever had a clash and just been like oh yeah that slots in perfectly oh I've got time off great oh it's my mother's birthday. Don't have to miss it. Fab. Uh, but for the majority of the time, you do have to not even just sometimes you say yes to a gig and then you have to say no after you've agreed to it. And that is a nightmare. But yeah, I think learning to say this is my limit. I I should sacrifice the fact of needing work <laughs> for my well-being. So yeah, saying no. Big one. How do you decide what to say no to? Mm. 
tough one. Obviously very subjective if, you know, the Royal Opera House called and they were like, look, we uh, just think that you did a really good job when you worked there in the administrative staff of the <laughs> development department and you're going to have a starring role on stage. Come along. You've got to say yes. You can't tell Yeah, like you that. would. Isn't like crazy? All of my like family and friends, if they needed me, I'd be like, babe, I'm out of here. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, it's about, yeah, if, if the right opportunity comes along, you do obviously have to prioritise something that you immediately feel really excited about or really care about. But, you know, if you're contacted by someone influential that you don't know that well, or if it's a friend of a friend who's recommended you for a gig and you just feel slightly uncomfortable about, oh, is this right? Am I going to be able to do this? I think really listening to those instincts of maybe this isn't right. Yeah, we all should give ourselves more credit and trust when we don't feel comfortable with a specific thing generally in life. But in scheduling, I think it's always a good thought to be like, is this right for me right now and if the question if there's a big question mark there then sometimes it's better to say no mm-hmm. and what would happen say i don't know say say you were asked by one of these conductors that you really wanted to work with to do i don't know an oratorio that you'd never sung before in a week's time and you were like okay the soprano's pulled out we need you and it's a really good opportunity for you but you know that you you're sort of back to back with services or, or or other concerts and things that so what do you, what do you do then sam mm. putting her on the oh, spot gosh. man yeah, yeah. Putting her on the spot here uh if i was in good vocal health i would do it 100 percent. at this moment in my career right now i love i do quite a bit of oratorio singing not loads but i love i love that it's my favorite thing really at the moment to be singing so i would take that opportunity straight away depending you know if i was in good vocal health or mentally if i was feeling okay and if i had no sleep because I had been traveling loads and stressing out, then I would, you know, that maybe that decision would be different. But instinctually, you're approaching me with this hypothesis, which isn't happening. And I'm saying yes. Yeah. <laughs> How do you find like managing the other elements of your work? So I think something we've talked about a lot on the podcast is that we all essentially have these portfolio careers and then they're, mm. they're multifaceting. We all have like a lot of different plates that we are keeping spinning. How do you when you get into that busy Christmas period, do you have a different strategy as to how to manage all that other additional work going along alongside or? Yeah, I'm, I'm slightly different in, in that you just have to make a lot more decisions a lot more quickly, yeah. which sometimes you're at a point of confidence of just being like, no, yes, bam, can't do this, can do that. Where am I going to make that work? Okay, I'm going to do it here. You do just in the pressure of timekeeping. Sometimes you're a lot more decisive and that works out well. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be challenges. no time of our life is ever immune from surprises but generally I've learned more to trust myself and what I think rather than because at the beginning when you don't know the profession you don't know the people that you're working with you're like they know and they've asked me to do it so that's the right decision rather than being like what do I think (laughs) yeah and I think also like we're all so different and so for some people they absolutely thrive on on like you know three four services a day and they know that this is going to be you know this is their absolute blowout for the next kind of six seven months and that's that's great but I think often I think often we can fall like prey to comparison and you know we're we're looking at somebody else and they're completely slam diary and you're sitting there thinking well why why am I not doing that and it's like actually I I made some choices to not do that and for my diary to not be completely crammed because I have x y and z going on as well I, I don't how 
how do you kind of approach the Christmas diary then? Al? What's your what's your key strategy in this in this kind of arena? Uh, for me, it's well, it's always sort of been balancing everything. So, you know, I have a lot of tutoring still, which is great and I love it. Uh, but it's about warning them in advance that, you know, let, let's, well, we may have to miss some lessons, which often doesn't go down terribly well because there are some like quite big exams, like 11, 7, 11 plus or whatever um, around January time. So that always goes down well. But, you know, if you can make it up to them in another way, you know, you can always fit them in on a, I don't know, another day or even some somewhat lessons between Christmas and New Year, which is a bit sad, but, you know, I'll, I'll do it over Zoom. That's not a problem. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's about what I've learned now is to warn in advance, not just to, on the morning of whatever, just to be like, sorry, you can't do this today because that's just terrible for everyone. Um, and I finally learned to do that. So, you know, really, really making sure that everything is very, I do like to schedule and December time is really, really highly scheduled. Um, Sounds fun. (laughs) Happy Christmas, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, to the extent that I will schedule like lie-in or, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, love it. Wow. Woohoo. We're um, just be- <laughs> ironing. <laughs> Realphabetizing my CD collection. Hello. No, that's like a fun thing, you know. Oh, that's right. just a, that's yeah. in free time. I mean, the, the first two years that I was working, my Christmases weren't that busy, so I really should have just put in the diary, like, get up, make breakfast. <laughs> Guys, I'm so busy. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, having having the downtime so I know like not to feel guilty during that downtime. It is mm, necessary, sure. like I think, and again, depending on who you are and the gigs that you have in the diary at that time, it's like if you have a really taxing, let's say like solo oratorio gig on one day, you need to rest. So it's like say you then choose to take two services that following day. You know, you you're sacrificing what well, Maybe if you're an incredible singer and you've just got it all under control, that's great. But certainly for my end, I know I couldn't do that and then still be in good voice that following day after those two services. So it's, I guess as well, it's about like knowing your instrument and knowing what's being asked of you and actually what you can like competently deliver. But also just to like tap onto what you're saying there, Alex. I definitely find if you're able to tell people when you're going to be busy and therefore you're not going to be available and if you're able to tell them in advance, that's super super helpful like I've held quite a few admin jobs over the last yeah four or five years and if you're just able to explain that like this is going to be a really busy period like I'm not completely out of contact but it it won't be like I won't be replying within the hour like normal or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh, I think if you're able to explain that people are they might be a bit annoyed but you get over it yeah yeah this is the thing as well is that Part of the, especially in the beginning, like I said, I really felt the guilt of being like, oh, well, I can't stress them out. This is such a busy time. Yeah. And people do. There are cases where people react badly, unfortunately and inappropriately a lot of the time and make you make you feel terribly guilty. Yeah. Just rest safe in the knowledge. There is plenty of thirsty singers out there who will take that work for you. Yes, yes, that's so true. I think I was saying that to Alex the other day, like there are so many people that will take the job. And like if you're sitting there like, oh, you know, I don't know if I want that. It's like literally there's somebody out there four years it younger. Be fine. Yeah, that yeah. will jump at that chance. So just let it go and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. feel a bit rubbish maybe for like 20 minutes and then you just sack it off. And uh, yeah, I, I totally understand what you mean there. Yeah. Back in the day when I would say no or be like, I'm so sorry, unfortunately this isn't going to work for me and people 
I mean, yeah, it wasn't unusual for people to be like, well, you've really put us in a tough spot. Like, I don't really appreciate this. Like, how is that helping? No, like, it's not going to change my mind. And at the time I was like, they're so right. How could I? Like, it's so awful. But now I'm like, it's really unprofessional. Yeah. <laughs> so why would I want to That's emotional anyway? manipulation. <laughs> like, uh, that's, yeah, that's not acceptable in the workplace. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah all yeah. they, also, they already have a list of a thousand sopranos that they'll quickly email. Then one will say yes within an hour. So, you know, haha. They're just annoyed that they have extra work, yeah. which is their responsibility and not mine. So, yeah. I don't think it is, isn't it? You have to, like, look after yourself across this period so like as you're deciding how to manage your diary and all of these things you know it's about you and and taking care of yourself and knowing what works for you and yeah as you say like other people can try and pressurize you let's say into making decisions you you don't want to make but I think to have like and I'm I'm still gonna you know I haven't ever found it but to have like an ideal Christmas you have to kind of put yourself and your knowing yourself and what you can and can't do that has to come first second section it's a marathon not a sprint um i don't know if i've mentioned on this podcast yet i obviously have multiple times i've run a marathon don't even worry about it guys got it totally under control (laughs) need any running tips please ask me i'm totally ready um but in all genuine seriousness uh when it comes to the christmas period for singers we are talking between five to six weeks of if you want it working every single day the the work is intense it's time consuming it is rehearsals it's concerts it's services and that is not easy and so I guess you know Sam we're curious to hear from your perspective how do you manage that marathon how do you keep yourself in in good voice do you try and make sure that you arrive at everything feeling fresh or do you kind of ebb and flow with it and accept that maybe some days you're going to feel more tired than others and some days you're absolutely on point? What's your kind of game plan in terms of managing that that long stint of work? Yeah, it's, again, four years in, I'm doing my best to pretend that I've got it all together. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the whole thing is maybe not trying to put too much pressure on yourself for it to be perfect every time. Having patience with yourself again trying not to even though it's so difficult trying not to let external pressures or people taking out their inevitable stress on you rather than doing what you should do just take responsibility for yourself and you know simple things like get enough sleep if you can have that lion god knows rehearsals that happen at 10 a.m during winter again should be some sort of like professional violation of our (laughs) eyes um but i think that Sleep sleep is a massive one. Rest, uh, give yourself the best chance of not getting ill, even though often you do. Mm-hmm. And if you are, it's not your fault. Just manage it the best you can. A big part of, especially in the early days when I was, God, I sound like a, I sound like a pensioner. You in, do. In ye olde 2016. <laughs> I just was so excited about living in London and working. And a lot of what we do is very social and we get on. I mean, look at us. We're great <laughs> pals. Pal. Um, sure. And it's so tempting to, you know, really lean into that to manage your stress by like going out a lot. And if you do drink, you can drink too much, not get enough sleep, talk too much, shout too much in the joy of life, which is so important, especially if that's a way that you kind of recharge, which in my case, it definitely is. 
but if you can just maybe even just a lot one or two days a week <laughs> of drinking and then the rest time you don't or one or two days okay i'll stay up and i'll talk to my mate for a bit but just generally just trying to keep on tabs that you're not really hitting it hard in order to cope with the stress of the day job yeah i i totally know what you mean it's it's also like um between rehearsal and concert you you kind of want to like chat to everyone and be fun uh and you know they may or may not be people that you know and in in both cases you want to sort of chat and be fun um so you know take that into account so then if you do that later as well uh it's a lot of time to use your little voice oh my god yeah you know it's getting no rest and if you do that day in day out it's really tiring do you guys have any little like uh, we were saying like witchy remedies? Like, so say if you get a little a little cold or a cough, you know, is there a do you have a quick fix to kind of handle that kind of thing? Oh god, I'm gonna sound so holistic now again. Like 2016, me is like she is so pretentious and old. But um, <laughs> I love I love a herbal drink, and I do love even though it's a bit snake oily, and probably we're all wasting our money on it. Those who like it, manuka honey is so good. Um, not a fan now. It's a waste of money. It's so it, they're all um, yeah. fake, fake, yeah. fake, fake. You know those those yeah. like fourteen plus ones. They're all lies. Whatever. It's, they are. it's, yeah. it's a snake oil thing. But you know what? The placebo effect is real. It might not work mm, for yeah, you. Fair enough, and okay. if you're not into it, that's fine. It might work wonders for someone else. I.e. me. Um, but it's. I think it's more. It's not even the effects of the actual physical thing itself, but steps like that. So, for example, drinking something really nice. That's not alcoholic yeah um and soothing and the fact that you are just taking that moment to be like i care about myself yeah adds up so people who are like people who take vitamins or people who do this or do other things it's all kind of like not real that's fine if you're not into it but i think even the smallest act of i am investing in myself because i care massively adds up hugely so that's my one when i'm feeling in tired voice and it does it does seem to help but again it, it could be a multitude of reasons why mm-hmm. um other than that yeah sleep meditation if you're into that yeah um, I, I find that really helpful uh even though it can go the other way sometimes and you end up punishing yourself because you're like i'm not meditating i'm so stressed about meditating <laughs> um, so, yeah but like you say that kind of self-investment it's so so crucial um al you've always got like a witchy remedy Oh, I just I just take so many supplements. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but so supplement king. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really Terrible. am. That Holland and Barra are uh, they get all of my money. <laughs> and yet, and yet, you're not part of the Manuka crew. I'm shook. Yeah, because it's a lie. Whereas yeah. vitamin supplements. D. <laughs> yeah. So I take this new thing called ashwagandha. Oh, it's so good. I take ashwagandha every day, <gasps> baby boy. Isn't what? it so good? God, it's I'm like, great. bing, 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 bing. It's like 10 cups of coffee and one little pill. So dangerous. <laughs> so yeah. good. But yeah, I, I take that. And um, I like a uh, gingery turmeric spicy broth. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Very nice. Oh, lots yeah. of chili. Lots of... To make my... <laughs> Sounds so weird. If I if I start feeling a bit ill, have something so so spicy, so I feel like everything just dripping out of me. Disgusting. From yeah. this broth, yeah, it's horrible. Uh, and then, oh, I'm dripping now. Thinking about it, it's great. Uh, and then I feel cleansed afterwards. God, I'm a witch. I it's do. Crazy. I know. I know what you mean. I think like in re- in relation to what you're both saying, back in the day, it would have been roughly 2016 me as well. Uh, like I wanted the social life so much that I was like very happy to sacrifice 
the singing thing because I was like I just need these people and I need to be in this place like having this good time but like looking back on it I was so miserable afterwards because it's like you'd have this fun time but then you'd sound like a bin the following day and like sounding like a bin is so much worse like because you want to be wonderful and you're there and you're just like I can't sing like I can't do any of the things that I wanted to do and I think it's tough because I would say we're like moving into a almost like a generational shift as to how we view singing and ensemble singing and solo singing and whatever and there is there is definitely like a an old cohort of singers that after any gig will be in the pub and they'll and they'll kind of rib you for not coming they're like oh you know come along come along and it's like I have a lot of respect for the fact that they can go drink five pints and get up the next day and still sing pretty well but actually like I can't do that and initially I was like why can't I do that what's wrong with me but at the end of the day it's like okay just don't go to the pub you know Mm -hmm. just go home have yeah have like a nice chamomile tea whatever and like just take care of of this because yes okay for some people they can still do the job and have this social life but like okay that's not me and actually like that is all right and there's there's social time elsewhere to be found do you know what I mean like I think at the time 2016 me was like I, I might not get to see these people again or like in another context I don't know well at the end of the day if you want to see someone you'll sort it out won't you you'll make it happen and, yeah if and, they're a good if they're a decent enough friend they'll make time for you rather than be like oh you happen to here be here with yeah, me now yeah How convenient yeah and I think it's like they're lovely colleagues and it's lovely to see them all but like for me I again I, I don't know about you guys like even now if I go for a drink after a concert or something like that I am genuinely like I am exerting so much self-control because I'm like, don't go crazy, don't go crazy, don't <laughs> go crazy. And mm. literally, like, as soon as I've left, I'm like, okay, I didn't go crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> off we go, like, float home, blah, blah, blah. But um, it's tough, it's really tough, because as you say, Christmas is such a, a social time, and you see loads of people that you haven't seen for ages, and you're like, mm. oh, this feels wonderful, but, like, remembering that you still have quite a critical job to do, mm-hmm. that's tough. Really just working out what's going to stress you out the least. For some people, what's going to stress them out the least is having that time to unwind. Not even through drinking, but just staying up late talking or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the pressure from other people to be like, oh, don't be boring. Oh, so oh my days. Yeah. yeah. Someone called island. me boring like four months ago and I was like shook because I was like, I am not boring. Like you don't even know me to call me boring. But it was that thing of like, oh, why won't you come out? And it's like, I, I just have to manage this differently now. Like I'm, I'm 28. I'm not 22. And, um, yeah. I hang it's a clumsy. Yeah, it's a clumsy expression of like, oh, I'm sad that I can't spend time with you, but respectfully goodbye, rather than like, oh, how could you, man? <laughs> so good. I don't know why I went brummy there. Sorry. It was yeah, nice but... though. I enjoyed it. Well, it's also like you know, I have a life to go to, thanks very much, you know, uh, like, fine, I like you to sing with, great, yeah, yeah, you're a friend, and I'll have coffee with you maybe in 10 years' time, but, like, I want to go, <laughs> so cute. I, I want to go home, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't, I don't need to feel pressure to spend lots of time with you, thanks very much, if I don't want to. Yeah, absolutely, mm. I think as well, like, something I never quite accounted for was, like, the work is tiring, and I think, like, when I was younger, I was like, oh, it's only, like, a mass 
or like it's only like a carol service like a carol service is a classic you're like oh it's only a carol service but it's like you're singing all the carols like the congregational carols you're singing your pieces separately on that and you might have something else to do on top of that and it's like actually that is vocally taxing so to then be like yeah, I'm going out for dinner with friends and then I've got a 10 a.m. rehearsal the next day or whatever. Mm. It's, a, it's a lot to manage. Yeah, you've got to be, yeah. got to be careful. Yeah. It's about working out what you're going to enjoy most. And it is just so personal and how you're going to manage that enjoyment in balance with everything else. Yeah. But yeah, I think the kind of attitude of, yeah, I turned up to the service and I was so knackered and my voice was like so short. But yeah, anyway, cheers, guys. Who's getting the Zambucas in? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it's hard it's hard to prioritize as you say the long the long game rather than just what's in front of you for the next 15 minutes which is stressing you out definitely you touched on something that's a whole separate thing you know people sort of like wallow in the fact that they're slightly tired while doing this gig it's like oh well you're just cheapening this experience for all of us because exactly. like i'm invested in this so f off oh you're so tired for being here and you don't want to be here because you're hungover like i don't care yeah 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 the kind of celebration of seat of your pants lifestyle they're like yeah like they turned turn up at the gig like completely unprepared and they smashed it i'm like I'm not impressed by that. Yeah. I think that's that's amazing that happened. What a great coincidence because for most people that is completely like irrational to ask for that kind of behavior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it should be, yeah, you know, I worked for months and it went well and I feel satisfied and I feel great. Like that should be where at least some of the focus is, not all of this kind of, yeah, you know, barely any rehearsal, I was really hungover and I got through it or wasn't it so funny when we all corpsed? Like that is fine in balance, but that shouldn't be like this golden standard of glory of like mm. yeah, yeah i was i was in terrible physical and mental shape and aren't i great well done me <laughs> i really feel it's like a generational thing still like you know from like working with various ensembles or whatever there was like a particular kind of i just felt there was a real gap between like people that were coming in fresh and like the slightly older guard and if we're being honest like the older guard and a lot of ensembles it's the same people they're doing all the gigs so like you see them everywhere and it's it doesn't surprise me that they're turning up exhausted shot and yeah they made it through and it's amazing and it's like honestly there there are more people out there that are ready to give this a completely fresh energy mm. if if you want it you know and uh, it, i think it'd be nice if we were if we started to move towards that you know i, I don't know i want to say like taking it more seriously but i don't mean that because everybody does take it seriously it's just like there's been a certain culture created that kind of work hard, play hard. And um, I don't know how feasible it is anymore, like in, in the lives we lead. Yeah, I think for the majority of those cases that you're referring to, it comes from a place of stress and trauma and uh, not being able to deal with their stress. Yeah, um, and that and, is how they deal with it. Mm. And learning the language of reward and what's you know socially valuable within certain contexts, mm -hmm. they have learned that that is the most valuable thing. And maybe what you're referring to is that now that isn't the most valuable thing, or at least for us three, that's not what we deem valuable in our workplace. Yeah. Um, but it is really hard, and I, I would I would hope that you know with mental health being more part of the conversation in the mainstream and um, it being more accessible to talk about issues yeah. maybe that will change just as a nice symptom yeah definitely because like at the end of the day it's it's 
it's tough. I said at mm. the start of this little segment, like the Christmas period is tough. And actually this mm. leads us quite smoothly into the next segment about peaks and troughs. But mm. yeah, everybody, we all deserve the opportunity to find that balance of like intense work, but also, you know, finding space for yourself to be able to be okay with that and, and enjoy it. Because at the end of the day, it's, it, we're all here because we love making music. So like we want to find a way for us all to, to enjoy that. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Okay, so as you said, you know, this peaks and troughs idea. Christmas is a highlight in so many ways. You're so busy, you're seeing so many people, you know, family time, whatever, so many friends. And then, what's what's coming around the corner? It's January. Oh, <laughs> nothing. Nothing happening at all in Except January. for Alex's birthday, you know, big, oh, yeah. big feature. Big don't feature. forget that, yeah. Well, don't worry, there'll be a special podcast for that, of course. <laughs> Can't oh wait. God, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't told anyone about it yet. <laughs> um, do you think about that while Christmas is happening? Do you think of like oh gosh well january is just around the corner how am i going to deal with that sort of real dead time um or do you do you pretend it's not coming just like ignore the fact live day by day which is fine that's a, that's a way to do it that's what i would do um but you know how does it affect your your december do you do change the way you do the christmas period in order to help how you will be in january you know how how do you deal with that for me i think January being empty was a big incentive to take on as much work as possible in the beginning, really. I've been warned and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That is really stressful. Okay, well, I'll just I'll try and cram as much as possible into December to make up for that. Again, it's changed slightly. I mean, one of the things that I've arrived at a point now where I do less kind of formal religious services than I would have done originally, because it was a great source of income, great way of meeting great singers in great places and doing really cool music. I loved it. Um, but over time, I've moved away from that for different reasons, partly just because I find sight reading really stressful, especially when <laughs> I don't know know what I'm doing or who I'm with. I just don't, it's not a skill that I enjoy doing. I mean, I can sight read. I'm a musician. I've had to learn that skill. But generally under that pressure, I found that really traumatic. But more so than that, um, I'm not part of that community of faith so uh i i felt slowly more less comfortable in the musical setting but also just uh working for an organization in that regard um so my christmases got quieter just before the pandemic i decided not to do as much service singing for that reason for those reasons alongside also i wanted to make my christmas less stressful yeah so I, and that, again, is a luxury because at the time before I was, as we said, making up for the January downtime by overworking in December, but I just, I, it wasn't sustainable for me. It made me feel stressed. And January is usually a time where I spend some time with family after Christmas or take a week off and visit somewhere now, you know. Nice. We've done a little bit of traditional with the... Uh, I've done a tradition with my mum where we make marmalade every January or February. So that's oh, a nice little little thing cute. to do. That's horrible. Lo- oh, shut <laughs> it's delicious, okay? That sounds it's lovely. so good. Thank you. It is so great. It's so wholesome. We listen to like really good audiobooks, the original Radio 4 
uh, dramatization of the Lord of the Rings is so good. Um, yeah, I, I've tried basically, I've tried to shift things slightly away from December being a peak and January being a trough. I think since the pandemic hit, it's made me reassess what I want to f fill my schedule with and what I don't. And I can fill my schedule with social events and, you know, having a luxury of time and money, of course, to be able to make those decisions, but prioritizing, not looking at my job as the priority or my social life as the priority, or even seeing them as a binary divide, which Alex and Helen, I'm sure you know, I hate. Um, <laughs> and just trying to see it as one as one thing and managing my time in a more holistic way than peaks and troughs. That's really nice, the idea that like you're not um, trying to see it as that kind of divide, but equally also, I think it's totally mad, the concept of like, my January is really empty, therefore I'll completely overfill my December. Overfilling December does not make January feel better. You don't feel better. You still feel crap. Makes so it like, worse. Yeah, because essentially the Christmas just gone. I didn't really sing at all. I did like two gigs, maybe three. And um, I was thinking about it and I was like, gosh, normally like Christmas would be so wild. And then I'd have such a slump into January. But like this year, I still had a massive slump into January. And I was like, right. So like... December isn't really affecting January as much as I think it is in my head. So it's like, I need to think about January in a slightly different way. Like, and I love the idea that like you're taking some time, maybe you go and visit somewhere or like you do some, some things with like friends and family. You're like feeding those other parts of your self, which need to be like fed. And uh, like, I'll hold my hands up in a bit. I had a rough January this year. So like, I'm looking forward to trying to, get it more right this yeah. year we've had a bit of practice in forced time off basically and in a way january was that and the lockdown was the intense version of that on acid so we have had to have that time to reassess what it is to take time off or be forced to have a down period especially in terms of work yeah so it does change things yeah totally and i think just like in the same way that you have to sort of prepare yourself for the christmas period and everything you know mid-november to the end of december i think you have to prepare also for january in in a similar vein you know you have to know okay well it, it's going to be like this so uh, what what am i going to do what do i want to do in january i may not have work or something but i have these things that i really want to do so you know if, if that be you know spending time with family friends go go away for a bit why not or it's like oh well now i can really use this time to learn that role that i want to do or whatever it is you know there's no reason why you need to just like go hell for leather in december like trying to weirdly make up and be like oh and then i won't feel a lack of anything in just in january it's like yeah. but that's crazy all you'll do is spend spend the first half of january or the whole of january recovering uh, yeah. and feeling feeling bad in some way so it is just crazy obviously we look forward to christmas because it's christmas but it's like winter lasts so much further than christmas you know you've got a solid month of that kind of winter period left and you know i was thinking this year this january it's like i really want that christmas coziness to kind of permeate into my january because why does it have to stop because Christmas Day is on the 25th. And I'm not sitting here saying, like, I expect more presents under the tree every day. Like, not that kind of... <laughs> but, like, there are nice things you can do. Like, I, I'm still going to have mulled wine in January because it's cold. Oh, yes. And I and I love making mulled wine. And that's a really nice thing. Yeah, so it's like, there are definitely things which I love so much in the run-up to Christmas I, that don't need to just stop 
because mm. December is over and I'm I'm definitely going to try and like feed them more into my January and help make January a bit more of a I don't know I want to say soothing experience but I think that's because just nice yeah like January this year was just such a like and now we're locked down <laughs> mm. and uh, I was just like wow right cool <laughs> intense yeah treat, treat, treating yourself you can never do too much of that I think especially as musicians we're so hard on ourselves because we're always striving to be better especially at our point in our careers now um just striving yeah, for more yeah. and better and everything whereas you know it's you know you're great and you deserve to be treated so do that yeah and yet I think it's like what you were saying before Alex about your students giving yourself like you would give them warning about what's approaching and being like so I'm thinking now that I'm really busy I don't want to spend the first two weeks of January just getting back to zero I want to be maybe at a six or a seven and getting myself up to a ten so I'm gonna think about that now (laughs) before I go to this carol service gig I'm gonna think about all of the things that will make me feel good in January to get me through that's a very lovely idea i won't do that but yeah that's yeah really i like that too you've come out with some nice little moments here sam i'm loving it yeah. really nice. oh my god it's very much not practicing what i preach but i'm feeling good literally that's the whole uh, premise of this podcast we yeah, just right. give advice that we never take <laughs> don't tell people that we're great hi this is what really happens backstage folks then to round up this kind of topic on managing the Christmas diary each of us we're going to give what we kind of see as our like handy top tip as to how to manage an intense and busy period of work Alex why don't we start off with you (laughs) (laughs) I try not to talk to too many people who are very negative all the time that's a very robotic way of saying that I have no time for <laughs> uh, anymore. Anyway, I have no time for the people who are like, oh, my God, yeah, another Messiah. Oh, my God, another Christmas oratorio. Uh. I just, you know, I hate that. And it really annoys me because if you don't want the work, don't take the work. You know, as you yeah. said loads of times, you know, there are other people who will do a good job. I am enjoying this gig uh, so you're cheapening the experience by doing that and, you know, you're just giving me a bad taste in my mouth. So yeah, my tip is don't talk to anyone. No, my tip is <laughs> don't, don't let yourself also become a negative source of energy to others. Yeah. You know, you know, mm. you, you know what it's like to be on the receiving end of someone complaining and being like, gosh, I'm so tired. Gosh, yeah. this, gosh, that. And you know, so yeah, of course I will listen to a friend and, you know, if they want to unburden themselves or whatever, if they're frustrating, of course. But like when it's 24-7 from all sorts of different people all the time, it just, it gets me down as well. I have no time yeah. for that. Go away, everyone. Sorry. That's my tip. So you're trying Happy to... Happy Christmas. <laughs> you're trying to like generate like positive, a positive energy. You're avoiding negative energy. Yes. I'm, I'm not... Yes, I'm avoiding negativity, exactly. I'm not actively being like, oh my God, this is so great, or anything like that. No. I'm just avoiding the negativity. Yeah, it does, and it drags you down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, quite. I totally see. You're drawing a very healthy boundary there. It's just drawing a boundary for yourself. 
and people people are maybe crossing a boundary or lacking a boundary for themselves when they do exactly what you're describing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, quite. So that's mine. Who wants to go next? Happy to. Best summed up, listen to your instincts and then trust them. Oh, that's nice. That Tell was very nice. So Much good. better than ours. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Would you like to run this podcast? <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, I've done my homework, you know, but I think, I, th I mean, it applies to all life. I'm a guru now, apparently. Um, but I do think that just listening or just taking five minutes to be like, what exactly is the issue here? I'm stressed, but what, what is my source of stress? And am I just like throwing myself into my schedule and running on empty this whole time? But yeah, just taking that time to really listen to what it is that you need and then trust it, trusting that you know what's best for you is such a hard thing to do, especially when you're starting out. So that would be mine. Mine was the key is balance. I don't think the Christmas period has to be just work, 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 work. And something Alex and I talked about was like, I love the actual period of Christmas. I love putting up the Christmas tree. I love drinking a mild wine. I love uh, snow. I love it all. And yet I so often, because Christmas is so busy, feel like I miss it because I've just slammed my, di my diary full of work. And so if I was just starting out, I, I would encourage, I, do you know, whoever you are, I would encourage you to think about balance that it doesn't have to be just work 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 and like you know completely slamming your christmas diary full doesn't actually make january any better so just thinking about the overall balance like having some nice times seeing your family taking care of yourself uh, yeah doing your work as well that's great but um yeah i would opt for a better balance that's my little tip these are great tips we've done quite Look well at us. yeah well done you got to take this one. Maybe this is maybe we, we can focus on these three pieces of advice to take ourselves this year, shall we? <laughs> Dashing through the snow, one on one horse open sleigh, or the fields we go, laughing all the way. Alrighty, well, I think that is a nice little summary of our how to manage the madness of a Christmas diary episode. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Sam. It's been so lovely to have you on the pod. Um, where can people find you if they want to find out a little more about you? Uh, I'm in Birmingham. No, I'm joking. I, you can find me. Um, <laughs> you can find me. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on my website, which has got some very new pictures of me, which I'm still getting used to. Um, but yeah, Sa Sam Jean Cobb on Twitter is a pretty good place to find me. And yeah, a lot of my work at the moment specifically is on Echo Vocal Ensemble. So do come check us out if if you can. And thank you guys so much for having me. It's been a been a blast. That work-life balance, we've absolutely smashed it. Forced <laughs> social time together. I love it. Amazing. Um, if you have any thoughts on the episode, please don't hesitate to get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, how can people get in touch with us, Alex? I think the best way is via email because we love the emails. So that is where's my freaking dressing room at gmail.com. You can tell us all about how much you disliked Sam as a guest <laughs> or how much you liked her. That'd be fun. Uh, we also have our website, of course, which is www.wheresmyfreakingdressingroom.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Instagram at dressing room pod. You can find us on Facebook forward slash dressing room pod, or you can catch us on Twitter at dressing room P O one. Don't forget to subscribe so you catch every single episode every time it comes out. And obviously, five-star rating. Need we say any more? 
but for now, I think that's enough from us, and uh, we'll be back soon. Bye. Goodbye. Good King Wenslet's last looked out on the feast of Stephen, where the snow came round about deep and crisp and deep. Oh, I can't remember the words. <laughs> <laughs> oh.